This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, I'm Hanif Baharuddin and you're tuned into the show that brings you closer to the people and places of our capital city. We spoke to Raw Chef Yin, a raw food chef that has been living this lifestyle for years in 2016 to learn about what it's like. In this episode, we're going to catch up with her to see how this raw food movement is currently doing in 2022, especially taking to factor the rise of more sustainable way of consumption. Here's my chat with her. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm a raw vegan chef based in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Um, I'm also um, an author. Yeah, I've also given a TEDx talk as well. So basically, I well <laughs> before all the lockdowns, I used to travel the world, um, teaching people how to make beautiful, delicious raw vegan cuisine. Um, now what I'm doing is I've moved this online instead. So I create online books and online courses. Again, focused on raw vegan cooking um, and with a lot of emphasis on Asian food. Uh, before we, I guess we get deeper into the community I just want to know like um, there is this perception that when it comes to converting because I think that's the, that's always the, the trend right um, when it comes to not just I guess raw food but also like veganism and everything it's always trying to like convert whatever you already have you know the the mass menu into something that's that's vegan friendly or raw food friendly right so uh, I guess to a certain extent we've always been exposed to for example like a vegan pasta or raw pasta rather than rather than you know our usual dishes right our local dishes which people will, will tend to say oh it's a bit complicated that you can't you can't achieve that that kind of you can't convert it into like a vegan or you can't convert it to raw food because it's more complex right I guess based on your experience that's not necessarily true right Yeah, I guess it depends. I mean, like, even a raw pasta won't be exactly the same texture as a um, cooked pasta. Although I think taste-wise, you can come pretty close, but the texture, it's a bit harder to achieve. Um, but I think what, what what I do is I try and, and um, understand the traditional way of making a dish and then And then after that, I, I go like, okay, so how do I apply raw food techniques, you know, um, to the same dish and to make it similar or to make it um, reminiscent of the, the traditional dish? Like, you know, like making an Indonesian rendang, right? So you still make the rendang paste, but then, you know, you're not going to like stew and simmer it. So instead, I put it into the dehydrator. And then um, I feel like, yeah, in terms of rendang, it actually comes pretty close, the texture and the taste. So I'm like, hmm. I'm I'm really happy with that. So yeah, it's just a matter of um trying to understand what um uh techniques, raw food techniques like you know things like um dehydrating, food processing, marinating, fermenting, um blending, spiralizing, food processing, what what you can do to apply uh that to make that dish that, you know, <laughs> that you so love converting into a raw vegan dish, yeah. Mm. It's not so much about, I guess, r- replicating um, the the original dish, right? It's, it's more about, I guess, um, I guess using using the original dishes as a form of inspiration, I suppose, because it's not as easy to, I guess, replicate like for like, right? Yeah, not not always. I mean, some some you can and some you can't. I mean, I remember, I remember when I did my pop up dinner and I did a. Um, I did a lox. I think I did a carrot lox. Yeah, on top of 
I think it was on top of crackers and all that. And then um, one of the guests actually came up to me and he said like, oh, you know, if I close my eyes, I would have actually thought this was, you know, actual um, salmon kind of thing. So I was like, oh, okay, that's that's a really nice compliment. So sometimes you can, but you don't always. And I don't think that's like the main the main goal. I think it's just to, for me, it's more of to, um, yeah, have something that reminds us of the flavor. So I, I, just, I just don't want to make like... <laughs> What what I personally term as like you know boring raw food like oh chocolate brownies you know or like yeah or like and yet another pasta dish you know um or or just a smoothie or a salad yeah so I I'm trying to explore um something that is more creative and something that people haven't done before well not necessarily something people haven't done before just like just actually it's more of just like for my old selfish reasons I just want to make food that I used to love to eat <laughs> into raw food that's basically it yeah mm, yeah but but I guess the process of actually innovating is still is still important as well right especially yeah, like you said you know because you want to I guess replicate uh, your previous experiences of eating you know cooked dishes right um yeah I mean you've been doing this for quite a while now I think the last time we spoke to you was in 2016 yeah so, what was the journey like so far? I mean, yeah, what have you learned since the last time we spoke to you? Yeah, it's been very interesting, very exciting. Um, I've I've presented at you know various vegan festivals all over the world, including like Bali Vegan Festival, the Perth Vegan Expo, the Brighton Summer Festival, um, yeah, and Singapore Vegan Festival, and, and including as in. Um, including all the Malaysian, you know, the World Vegan Day festivals and the Malaysian Vegan festivals as well. Um, but I think right now, um, at this current moment, <laughs> what we're speaking is, I think I'm moving towards things like, I, I realized that, you know, there have been a lot of requests for even healthier raw vegan foods because like when I was trained, it was more of those gourmet raw vegan food and it was uh, also very high fat. So now I'm moving towards, you know, things like um, no added oils or things like food that is nut-free, which makes it even more difficult. <laughs> because, yeah, because, yeah, once you take out the oil and once you take out the nuts, then it's like, oh, what do you have left? <laughs> yeah, um, the, the pool of ingredients that you have to work with, um, is it as limited as people think it is? I don't think it's limited because, I mean, I'm looking at, so the focus is on vegetables, fruits. Uh, okay, if you're not doing nuts, then it's seeds. Uh. But then, I mean, there's so many kinds of vegetables all over the world. And I think in Malaysia, especially in Malaysia, we're so lucky because we live in a tropical country, right? So there's so much um, rain and so much uh, sun that we have access to so much fresh fruits all the time. So we have, we actually have a lot of ingredients. I mean, compared to, I think I was in, I was in um, US in, right before the lockdowns in uh, February and March in, in the US for a month. And, and this was in like, you know, Boston area and all that. So it's actually very hard to find fresh fruit in the month of February, you know. So I realized like, wow, in Malaysia, we, uh, I mean, I've always realized that in Malaysia, we're actually really lucky to have all sorts of ingredients and all sorts of vegetables and fruits to tap on. So I don't, I mean, honestly, I don't feel it's limited. I mean, um, I guess you just need to 
be more open and also I guess I do like, I do need to go and ask people like oh where can I find this where can I find that I talk to different chefs I talk to different suppliers you know I talk to you know the guys at the market and all that like where can I find this and that so yeah but um, I think it's actually really exciting and really interesting and I've never really liked handling meat either so um, yeah and I've never I've actually like <laughs> when it comes to say, traditional cooking or baking, right? I'm always, like, burning my pots and burning things like that or overcooking stuff. So I think, like, doing the raw food thing is just perfect for me. <laughs> you mentioned engaging with uh, different chefs, right? Um, how important is it to continuously engage with traditional chefs despite being a, a raw chef? You know what I mean? Like, like how, how important is it to, I guess, um, talk to them to just, I guess, discover new things that you may perhaps not necessarily be exposed to before this? quite nice because a lot of them are very open a lot and they're very curious so um what i like to do is um because i'm 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 a huge foodie even though i'm vegan right um although in malaysia that unfortunately right now there aren't any raw vegan restaurants around so i when i go out and i eat out and i travel i actually um eat cooked food and then you know i would always um yeah so i'll seek out the different um places to have vegan food so whether it's uh you know a fully vegan place or 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 you know restaurants which offer vegan friendly options or sometimes like um i'll just i remember like one of my favorite places to go but unfortunately they've closed already um was in solaris dutamas and um so the chef there uh chef hunian or he, in the industry he's known as chef onion yeah he would always make me such like amazing creative um, vegan, like a five-course dinner and all that. So we sometimes ask each other, like, where can you find this, you know, these ingredients and all that. And even like, um, I was recently, in May, I was in Penang. So I went to, um, okay, it's that French restaurant and I'm very bad at pronouncing it, so I'm not even going to try and pronounce the name. <laughs> um, the one in, in um, Hinbas Depot, the French restaurant in Hinbas Depot. And then, uh, yeah, so um, Chef Kim Hong came up and also spoke to me and all that. Yeah, so we were also just like, you know, talking, exchanging ideas and all that. So they are actually very open. I think a lot, not a lot, lah, but the chefs who have actually made vegan food, they they find it, some of them, like, they, they're very happy to... Um, it's kind of like creative and it kind of lets them, yeah, it kind of lets them be more creative and they kind of, um, not all of them, I mean, some of them like, oh my God, how do we make, you know, make any of food if you're not going to use any meat and all that. But some of them are like, they really step up to the challenge and they really enjoy it because it's, they're doing something different from what they usually do. Mm. I just want to pick something that you said earlier about how, I guess, there is a demand from a lot of people about making raw food healthier, right? Correct this perception. Uh, just because it's raw doesn't mean that it's healthy, right? Uh, and that applies to not just, I guess, raw food, but also vegan food as well, to a certain extent? Yes, correct. So, because there, there are things like, like I said, you know, when I first did my training, it was on, there was a huge amount of nuts, um, so it could be very high in fat. And then we also used a lot of coconut oil and olive oil. Um, so that, you know, healthy is kind of a spectrum, uh, I guess. You know, like for people who are on the low-fat, oil-free, uh, raw food lifestyle, then they would say like what I'm doing is not considered healthy, right? But for I think a normal Malaysian looking at that food, they would still consider that as healthy. 
But um, so yeah, it's kind of a spectrum. But um, you're right. The the raw food thing might not necessarily be healthy if you're eating way too much avocados or too much, you know, coconut oil, or you've been eating way too much nuts. Yeah. Um, and also in case of veganism, I mean, um, I remember talking to. Uh, I was interviewed again, yeah, by I think the Vibes or something. Anyway, I was interviewed by another publication, and then I was telling the journalist that um, there's such a thing as vegan junk food, and she sounded really surprised because I was saying like, oh yeah, I have a friend in Australia, and he released a book on g- vegan junk food, right? And I said, yeah, um, you know, you he so he's making like yeah. Yeah, like vegan fries and sausages and, and yeah. So it can be really un, unhealthy as well because a lot of people are, I mean, like I, I mentioned to you earlier, vegan veganism is a lifestyle, right? It's not just a diet. So um, people are in it. It's, it's for moral and ethical reasons. So you don't necessarily need to be healthy. You can be eating McDonald's fries and still be vegan. and um, Or you can be... Yeah, or you can go on the more healthier side, which is what I was attracted to in the very first place. Mm. Do you ever have to actually correct people's perception on that? Because I think I'm sure some people assume that just because things are vegan or raw, it immediately is quote-unquote healthy, right? Yeah, I I do. I mean, like, I think some people... Some people will be, you know, eating all the the mock meats and all that, and they think their diet is healthy. And I'm like, I don't think so. Then they're like, vegan, ma, vegan, more, not healthy, meh. And I was like, mm, maybe not. But like I said, healthy is a spectrum. I re- I remember the very one of my very first workshops that I did, and I I um so I think I was I can't remember what I was making. I'm trying to remember. I think I was making um chocolate brownies <laughs> because it was requested by the organizer I actually don't like to make I, I love chocolate brownies but I just feel like oh my god that's like the most one of the most boring things ever to make <laughs> anyway I was making chocolate brownies making a chocolate ganache so you know I poured this whole load of coconut oil in it mix it with cacao butter and and then a whole load of sweetener in it sweetener in it and this lady was sitting at the front row and she was shaking her head you know, and she was like, no, I'm, I'm, I eat on a whole food plant-based diet and we don't use oil and this and that. And I was just like, I was looking at her like, why are you coming from my workshop then if you, you know, you don't want to have all this. But now I, now I look back and I go like, oh, okay, now I, I you know, after a few years now, I finally understand like, okay, I, I understand where she's coming from. And in fact, um, I think my past few courses, I've started cutting down on the oil. I think I have like at least two or three courses that are like oil free I, I don't add in additional refined oils anymore or even you know what they call as extra virgin you know cold press oils and all that I don't even put that in anymore because um, what happened was I attended a um, energy summit uh, last year which was um, run by you know they had doctors and um, health um, practitioners coming up and they were talking about you know how oil is such a it's a refined product, it's high in calories and there's no nutritional benefits to them. And then I started learning from um, my, yeah, I bought this bundle on an oil-free, yeah, raw vegan oil-free bundle. So I started learning how to make uh, food without the oil and I thought like, wow, this is so much better, you know. It's easy on washing up. It, it, um, and I think my body just responded so much better to it so um that's yeah so when now what i'm doing is i'm trying very hard not to use 
any oil. Uh, yeah. But when it comes to desserts, it's a bit more difficult. You know? Mm. Yeah, why, but... Why, why, yeah? Because I think when it comes to desserts, people always think of, you know, things that are rich and creamy and to get that kind of texture, you would need some kind of uh, fat. Although you could most probably use, you know, avocados and coconuts. and But because mine, my food is also kind of now leaning more towards not just no oil, but also low fat. So that's where, that's where it comes in. It's like, oh, you only want to like hit a certain percentage of fat. Only. So that's, yeah. So it's texture-wise, uh, texture and mouthfeel. That was Raw Chef Yin sharing her experience living the raw food lifestyle. We're going for a short break. Stay tuned. I'm Hanif Baharudin and you're listening to I Love KL on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, listening to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. I'm Hanif Baharudin. Joining me on the show today via Zencaster is Raw Chef Yin and she's been giving us an update on what the raw food scene is like in 2022. With the rise in popularity of veganism, uh, does the raw food lifestyle receive the same impact, especially these days? Let's hear what Raw Chef Yin has to say. I think, um, yeah, so I was thinking about this. I think it's still niche because I don't see any raw food restaurants here in Malaysia right now. I think, um, I remember, I think when we spoke in 2016, there might have been like one or two places that do offer raw food options on their menu, but um, no, I don't see any more. But we're just talking about Malaysia, right? We're not talking, uh, we're not talking global. Are you talking globally or talking Malaysia or? I guess it applies to, to both, I suppose. I mean, like, you know, if you're in Bali, in Ubud, then like, Every you know that there, there there are really good raw food restaurants around, and then like it, it it felt like everywhere I go, they had a raw option as well, a raw vegan option as well, which was really interesting. But that doesn't happen all over the world. Yeah, but when you talk about rise in veganism, yeah, yeah, um, definitely in Malaysia, I see so many more um, vegan restaurants opening, or at least you know places that offer vegan options, or at least people know what veganism is now, and then um, yeah, we have a community and all that. But um, uh, however, I did realize, I did think about it, and I realized like there are elements of raw. I mean, let's say in here, I mean in Malaysia, you know, now we have juice bars. You know, people are eating smoothie bowls. People are making acai bowls. You know, things like chia seed pudding, um, water kefir, even like kombucha and all that. Those are all, those all fall under raw. Oh yeah, like microgreens are becoming more and more popular now, I think. Well, at least in urban, urban KL, <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, and sprouting, sprouting, yes. That's another thing. I, I actually see like some of my friends like, you know, um, buying sprouting jars and all that to sprout their own um, lentils and mung beans and all that. So that also falls under you know, the raw food review as well. Okay, but uh, but as a raw food practitioner, do you feel the need to, or are you very particular about, I guess, drawing the distinction between these categories? Considering that, I think you do do things related to veganism as well, right? So do you feel the need to be very, I guess, strict in, in I guess, defining what you do compared to uh, veganism, I suppose? Or is it okay for you to just lump them together? Um, 
I mean, in terms of if I teach, because I I would consider myself as a, a raw food teacher, raw food educator, so I focus more on that. But sometimes I know I have conducted like one or two workshops which are, are more on cook because people have had that request as well. But I, I don't feel like I'm an expert on that. So <laughs> I I don't focus so much on that. But I do, um, but people do ask me what's the difference because I know like um, recently I did a talk in um, University of Malaya and and this um, gentleman came up to me after the talk and he asked me, so um, is rice raw vegan? I said, so rice is vegan, but you know, rice is not raw vegan because you need to cook the rice to eat it. I, uh, although you can always make you know, cauliflower rice or broccoli rice or hikama rice, then that would be raw vegan. So I think he was still trying to wrap his head around it because <laughs> he looked a bit cooked. Yeah, he was trying to like, figure it out and understand it a bit more. Yeah. Mm, all right. Um. So, what are I guess the trends that you've observed um in the past six or seven years that have somehow changed the way you do and approach things? Yeah. So, um, I think like I mentioned, I think I remember when I first started, I would used to wonder like why people would always ask for nut free stuff or like you know. Yeah, they always want to eliminate things and all that. But now I guess like now I understand why you know people don't want to have so much nuts because it's actually very high fat and maybe just a bit harder to digest and all that. And like I said, like, I think nowadays I'm just um, trying not to add in more oils to my, to, my, um, to my raw dishes as well. And I think also, yeah, I think when I first started off, I was very, very nut heavy. So like, you know, when I make um, raw vegan bread, I'll always be using like a lot of nuts. Or if I make... Um, uh, so now I, I, I've switched to using things like buckwheat and all that. Or if, um, what else was it with a lot of nuts? I think even um, even ice creams and all that. Yeah, a lot, that desserts, there was a lot of focus on cashews and all that because like I said, it's very creamy. So now I'm, I'm moving away from that and I'm trying to focus more on the fruits and all that instead. So... Yeah, so you still get the sweetness to satiate you, but you don't have so much of the super high fats, which might be just not so easily digestible and not so healthy and so good for your body. Um, yeah, I've also noticed like, you know, people started using like, you know, because now there's the sous vide and all that. So people using sous vide as um, one of the, the equipment and one, one of the uh, raw food techniques as well. So um, I, I did play around with that a bit and then I kind of just forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you've come up with a lot of your own recipes, uh, especially to cater for our local dishes. Um, what's that process like? I think it depends on the recipe. Some recipes, um, I can be quite lucky and I can nail it the first time. Uh, there are other recipes that it, it takes me like, you know, six, seven times of testing and trial yeah, testing and retesting and and um, amending and and making adjustments and all that before I get it to the point that I like it. Or sometimes I remember I was trying to make this um, muati recipe because I like Penang food and I like street food, right? And then um, yeah, I tried so many times and then I didn't get it. And then I just I think I just gave up. And then I think maybe like a year later I revisited it because then I realized like oh, what about if I put in you know some Irish moss instead, Irish mossy gel, you know, what if I, you know, switch to using zucchini instead of using all these nuts and all that, then 
uh, then I was like, oh, okay. So I made it work. So, um, but basically, like I, I mentioned earlier, I, I, um, I always look at how it's traditionally made, you know, and I check out what, you know, like, um, yeah, I like to check out like, you know, what chef one is doing making this, or I just check out the YouTube videos on what the other chefs are doing. Or, um, I'm also on, um, I also buy a lot of books. I'm also on Scribe, so I can check out all the latest cookbooks and all that to see what are the traditional methods of making it. And then after that, um, yeah, then after that, I figure out like, okay, you know, what are the ingredients that I need to use to convert it into a raw food recipe? And then what are the techniques that I use to do it as well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do, you find, do you find that the techniques are similar or is it more about replicating how the dishes are traditionally prepared? Once you get a hang of it, then you kind of can figure it out. I mean, like things like, um, you know, if you want to make soups and all that, I mean, it's just um, blending the, the, the main spices and putting it um, and also like straining. So because you want to get it clear and all that. And then like, because dehydrating is basically like, you know, using an oven as well, but it's just on lower heat and much longer. I think it's just trying to understand how to extract the flavors. Yeah, what 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 you can do to extract those flavors, and then what can you use to get the textures that you're going for. Yeah, but some things like I I I can't make right like roti canai. <laughs> so what? A few people have asked me that. I said oh, no no no. I I don't think I can ever get. Uh, I don't think I can. Maybe some other chefs can, but I don't think I've seen people getting really getting that texture and flakiness of a roti canai. So I do disagree. Like, I hear some raw food chefs saying like, oh, you can make everything raw vegan. I'm like, I don't think so. Have you tried making Asian food raw vegan? Maybe, <laughs> maybe your Western food, you can make everything raw vegan, which I don't, don't think either. But, but when it comes to Asian food, like, you know, like things like, um, yeah, I was, I was asking this other chef, I said, can you make mochi raw vegan? Because you want to get like, you know, that, you know, that sticky, that sticky consistency. Yeah, that sticky and springy consistency is quite hard. But then I I managed to do it for the mochi, so I'm sure like I can apply that and do that for the mochi. So that's something that I I want to do in the future. Alright, yeah. Um so if you don't mind me asking this, uh, have you ever had to deal with criticisms that um I guess this form of diet or lifestyle might not be healthy or sustainable? And how did you deal with that usually? Yeah, people will say what they want. <laughs> And people will, will say all sorts of things. Um, I mean, I don't push and say that, you know, this kind of lifestyle is for everyone. It's, I, I don't think it's not. I think to each his own. Um, and I remember when I used to do my classes, I would say like, um, this works very well for me, but, you know, I'm not going to guarantee that it works extremely well for you as well. You know, and I just tell people to just give it a try. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't, you know, you don't have to be raw vegan. I mean, I think everybody would, however, agree that, you know, it, it, it would be much better for your health to have a bit more f- fresh vegetables and fresh fruits, you know, in your diet. And then you can just incorporate a bit more of that, you know, into your lifestyle, that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I think in terms of criticism, <laughs> I'm so used to it already. I mean, like, you, you can never please anyone, right? Like I said, like that lady who was like shaking her head. <laughs> violently at me sitting on the front row I mean like you can't please everyone and even like 
when I so you know when I make when I cook food when I my make recipes with oil people are going like oh why is that oil then when I take out the oil people are like oh but don't you need oil for your joints you know, don't you need you know fat is essential for your health and this and that and why are you going fat you know like oh when you get get your protein oh you don't have enough food and this and that so people will always criticize <laughs> I'm so used to it already. I mean, yeah, so I'm just like, I'm just like, well, I mean, if, if you guys don't think this is just right for you, then you don't have to do it. It works great for me. Um, I really enjoy it. Um, I seek this. I think I do feel slightly isolated here sometimes in Malaysia because <laughs> there are like very few raw food chefs in Malaysia, you know, but there is a bigger community out there and we have been in touch with each other and I've taken part in, um, you know, because of the pandemic also, I think the good thing is is, is made me, um, it's opened up a lot of online and international collaborations. Yeah, so, you know, I've done like, um, I think, uh, ebook together with uh, six other raw fruit chefs. And then I've also done like a lot of bundles, which are like, you know, they are like 50, 60 raw food practitioners. Um, yeah, um, raw food authors, raw food course. Um, creators and all that so I've, I've connected with a lot of them over the past two years over the world and we've you know we've been interviewing each other we're doing IG lives together we're on each other's podcasts and YouTube lives and all that so um, it's nice that I now feel more connected to that community so I I have I do find that like, I have that support and I don't feel so isolated and alone yeah I'd like to just get your projection uh, what do you think is the future of the raw food lifestyle moving forward? You know, I, <laughs> I'm i actually quite stumped at this question because I'm, I'm not sure. Okay, so I think in terms of veganism, I, I see it rising in, yeah, in more awareness and popularity. But when it comes to raw food, it almost feels like the trend has been going down, if, if you ask me. I mean... Um, just in terms of like, I okay, so I was in the UK in 2019. I, I conducted, um, yeah, I conducted some workshops there, right, in, in London as well, in Brighton. And then I was trying to check out the raw food scene there. And then I was, and I also took a raw desserts master class with um, Amy Levin, one of the raw food teachers there. So I asked her, I said, oh, um, are there any raw food restaurants? What are the raw food restaurants I should check out? And she said, well, there used to be a few, but they've all closed. Oh, so there was, a, she said there's only one left. And I did go to that one. And that one's quite interesting because that one is actually run by a Malaysian. Yeah, who is, who's living in, in, yeah, in London. Oh, I can't remember the name of the place anymore. But yeah, very bad news. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So I spoke to him, yeah. And he, he was showing me, um, it's quite cool. I think he's from Ipoh or something, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, he was showing me like, you know, a newspaper article and on him and all that. And then he, he, he actually specially made us a, a raw tart. He's like, oh, 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 you know, please, please. Because I only spoke to him like after I ate the meal and we were paying for the meal that I spoke to him. You see, he said, you know, if you still have time, hang around, I will make you a, a raw tart and all that. So, and then it's the same. Like when I went to Australia, I checked out some raw food places, right? I think there were three or four. And then I spoke to the people there and they, they felt like, yeah, I think it's becoming less popular somehow. Raw food. I think at one time in uh like 
2012, 2013, that was when I think it was popular. And then I remember someone actually mentioned that they actually um, talked about raw food in Sex and the City. And then, there, and then even in LA last time, there were way more raw food restaurants and all that, and all the celebrities were going there. So I think that time it was trending. So I, So now it doesn't seem to be so popular anymore. Even like, some of my favorite raw food authors, they're not doing yeah, raw food anymore. I mean, even when I studied with Matthew Kenny, he's, well, I think he is starting another raw food program very soon. So maybe, but so, so I don't know what the future would be like, although well, maybe you'll, because things are sometimes very circular, right? So it might come back again. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I would love to live in a world where all the focus is on, you know, fresh produce and vegetables and fruits and no one is eating highly processed food, you know, and all that. So I, I would love to live in that kind of world, but I don't know. I don't know whether it will happen or not. It would be a dream come true right, if it does. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Okay, what's next for you personally? You know, uh, any future projects that you can, I guess, perhaps highlight? Okay, so I guess things have uh, have started opening up. So um, yeah, recently I gave my first live in-person talk after doing so many Zoom sessions. <laughs> and then uh, I have already been approached to start conducting workshops and also do some collabs with restaurants and also do some pop-up dinings. Um, I haven't confirmed any of them yet. I'm open to some. But because I'm working on two other projects as well to you know finish off some of my online courses, so I'm trying to focus on that, and then, uh, and then when that happens, after that, then I think, um, yeah, I'll I'll start and see whether I'll do any more, um, yeah, starting to do live workshops again, in person workshops again. Um, some people are asking me whether I'm open to travel. Maybe maybe next year I might start be opening to travel again and do more demos and workshops there, that kind of thing. Yeah, and I think I I'm also focusing. I mean, I, I do have two other like international projects next year, which is all online as well. So um, I will be creating some courses for that. I think, um, yeah, I haven't revealed though, what I, I, I want to do. I have some things in mind, but <laughs> not yet. Yeah. And I also had like one of, uh, I had like two chefs uh, contacting me to do, want to do some collaborations as well. So that might be coming up in the future. So yeah, that's that. That's what things are. Um, I'm pretty open to doing things with people. So if anybody wants to contact me, feel free to do so. All right. And for people out there who would like to, I guess, uh, contact you and also find out more about what you do, where can they go to to find more information? I guess the best way is to um, follow me on Instagram. I'm pretty active there at Yin or on my Facebook. Um, I also actually send out a, a regular free e-newsletter, which I share... Um, recipes or exclusive videos and all that the e-newsletter link should be in the show notes yeah because I don't have a very super friendly <laughs> website link for that yeah you've been tuning in to I Love KL and that was Raw Chef Yin sharing her thoughts and experiences living the raw food lifestyle that's all we have for this episode of I Love KL if you missed any part of the show you can check out the podcast at bfm.my slash I Love KL our app which you can find via Google Play and the App Store and you can also find our podcast on Spotify don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio my name is Sanif Baharudin and you have been tuning in to I Love KL bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city stay safe and join us again next week only on BFM 89.9 The Business Station
Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.